0: Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore.
1: I'm Fable, Beth Stedman.
0: I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson.
1: And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. All right, today we've had some excitement already, (laughs) some technology difficulties, but we are excited (laughs) to finally have things working and to get to talk about character arcs in the Marvel Universe. Um, which is that we recognize a very big topic, so we will yes. only be hitting on a little bit of this topic. But essentially, like the thing to remember is that when we're talking about character arcs, we're talking about character change. And that change can be positive or negative. It can be positive and go negative and then go positive again. It can go all over the place, um, back and forth and whatnot. Really, you can even also have stagnant character arcs, although really what we what we want as as um, an audience is generally a change, you know, like we want to see yeah. a character change. Um, and we see actually a lot of that in the Marvel Universe.
0: And in fun and interesting ways. I love how dynamic the characters are and how yes. much attention is to what came before and how to kind of keep those through lines of arcs going and shifting and and going in ways that really, I think make a lot of
1: sense character wise, yes, but like based said, on what they've experienced. And yeah, Absolutely. and it's one of those things that I think you won't get if you just watch one of the movies or like, yes. And actually when we started watching the Marvel movies, we didn't watch them in order at first. And we just like jumped to one and we were so confused. It's like, like wait, would. there's something going on here, but I don't understand the context. Or like, um, you really have to yes. like they have so much more value in order, or at least at least in the order they are made. Ideally, I think ideally in chronological order. Um Absolutely. but there's just so much more that you see ab- about those characters and about where they start and where they end up and all the twists and turns along the way
0: absolutely and and that's the best storytelling I know sometimes when I watch things somewhere down the line you almost feel like they've lost the thread of the character and I feel like in these films they don't they hold on to those things and they figure out where do we, what do we want to tell next? Even if it's that they're cycling through a pattern, which we'll be talking about next week. Um, I, I love that they pay that attention. They build upon something and the beginning shot of who that character is, especially in the ones that we've now Mm. seen that have ended is taken into full account, which how they end, like they, they pay attention to that. And all along that was leading somewhere. There's a yes. a quote that's basically um I'm gonna paraphrase it very poorly, but it's basically put your character on a path, put mm. them on somewhere that they can go to, someplace mm. that they can
1: journey to, a start point and that end point. And I think it's so important too that like not only do they have that start point and end point, but the characters still remain consistent. Like even as yes. they're changing, they're still true to that, like core piece of who they are you know like like an idealism that's always there with Captain America even when he like has this like cynical bent in in some of the movies and kind of like gets a little wounded and you know like but there's still this like core of um who he is that stays true or like through so many of the characters you see that like the essence of their personality doesn't change but the experiences that they have impact the new choices they make and their behavior and who they are in that present moment. Absolutely.
0: And since you mentioned Captain America, I think starting with those two characters of Captain America and Tony Stark makes Mm. sense because they each have their starting points that are so different. One is that selfless soldier who is the guy who will get it done, who will, from that first scene where he is willing to jump on the grenade that he thinks is live, you have that, okay, this is who this person is. He's sacrificial. He's willing to lay down his life for what he believes in. And and what he believes in does change over time. He does with Winter Soldier, we get that questioning of what have I been sacrificing for? And what do I want to sacrifice for now? And then in Civil War, you get the the choice that you feel is right. And that costs everything and it's a gut punch, but you're, he's being authentic to himself yes. all the way along. And then you have the total opposite in Tony Stark, who is really all about himself. Even, yeah. even from the beginning when he's a superhero, there's this part of, well, in, in Iron Man, when he says, you know, I am Iron Man, mm-hmm. he's doing it because, you know, there's so much ego. Out, yeah. <laughs> up, yep. Yep. <laughs> totally go there totally go trip and there's this part in avengers where he's talking about loki and he says loki wants parades and flowers and a monument built to the sky and he all of a sudden realizes i am like loki and he is going after stark tower because that's what i i did yes and and i love that um that play with Mm. one the seeing that side of himself all of a sudden kind of having that Mm self-awareness, having it break through a little bit, maybe not a total change, but at least having some type of awareness that then allows him to make a slightly different choice. Um, In the end of that film, he does that. He doesn't go into it making the sacrificial play. That's not who he is. He makes a quick choice. And I think it shows that change of who, Yes. he's slowly becoming into so that when we start getting into the meat of him in Ultron when he makes a mistake that costs lives we kind of see how he gets gutted and how that leads them to the ultimate and obviously spoilers yeah. obviously an end game um the screenwriters were saying you know you can't have Captain America make the sacrificial play. He's been doing it all along. Like you can't have show any change. Yeah, exactly. But having someone like Tony Stark do it and have him kind of, he he knows where the path will lead. And from really that beginning point, even when he's talking to the mask and talking to Pepper, you kind of get that thread of, Mm -hmm. okay, like this is where, the road is going to end and it's beautiful and tragic and it's kind of gorgeous that he has his moment to even repeat that with the snap when he says i am iron man again it has a different feel and that's kind of that beautiful changing of meaning that parallelism that all of a sudden it's the sacrificial moment that he's saying it and it's cool that they also have thanos say I'm inevitable over and over and over again and it's yeah. kind of this beautiful reversal of that which I love and then we get the reversal for Captain America where he finally after all that's come before gets his dance yeah. so good <laughs> There's something so poetic about it and and when I sat there like I cried and a kind of with the profound um yes. meaning I think behind those two things yeah
1: yeah i I think they are kind of the prime example for sure of just that great arc throughout the whole marvel universe but you see it also in some of the like minor characters and um the these like almost side stories of i'm blanking on his name but what's the guy the star lords like the guy (laughs) peter quill yeah but the guy who like kidnaps him or like the um xander yes I think. I mean, that's idea. like a character that's kind of yeah. super small, but you see him go from this like basically a slave trader, kind of you ah. know like this. Oh, sorry, Yondu. Yondu, yes. You know, like he's chasing after yeah. Peter. He's like trying to to find him again and get him. He's kind of the bad guy a little bit in in the earlier movies, yeah. but you kind of have these like hints that maybe something else is going on right. in their relationship. And then in the end, he ends up sacrificing himself and like being almost this father figure. Um, and you just see like this nice growth in him and this change yeah. or this positive change.
0: And there's that moment in that film
1: guardians where yeah. he's talking to rocket
0: and they have like yeah. this, this, I understand you because I am you the yes. like breaking through that outer exterior when they know yeah. that they're both gooey on the inside. They yeah. Know that, that was they such a art. great moment. <laughs> so powerful. And also, I think, when he finally gets to talk about how he feels, mm-hmm. there's that moment where he's talking about i don't I don't control it with my head. Yeah, I control it with my and he gets cut off, but you know he's saying heart, yes. yes. and the like connection where all of a sudden he's talking about that, whereas yeah. you wouldn't have seen him say anything like that in the first film, yeah, again, that prog- the showing the progression. The ability to show that change so that when even when he's given the you know that there's only one of Mm -hmm. the packs that he's given and you know basically he's you know what he's gonna do yeah yeah (laughs) and and Rocket knows it too Mm -hmm. and they are the same so it's this moment where it's kind of an acknowledgement of that seeing someone do that thing that that thing that is for someone else
1: Yes, I just feel like they take yeah. such they pay such attention to to the details in in all of the characters that come on the screen um, um, and how they grow and change.
0: Well, and um, Nebula, I think, is another great example. Yes. Like her sister relationship with yes. Gamora, so although good. dialed up to eleven and yes. trying to kill each other. <laughs> yes, it has like this beautiful over time change and yes. growth. And it happens over a lot of films. Yeah. But then when you get kind of the cutback where in Endgame, she's lost her yes. sister Gamora yes. and she's grappling with that loss. And then she has the opportunity to basically talk her old self into changing like yes. and, and explaining what happened within her. Mm-hmm. Karen Gillen, who plays her, just does such a great job as, as sure as well as, um, sorry, Saldana, like they're both just l- lovely in their roles and they get like that conflict even after like being on the same team. Like, yes, yes. I, it's it's beautifully done, the care, the attention. Like you said, with most secondary characters, they don't get those yeah. arcs, even if they're subtle. Yeah. Often they're just there for comedy relief For you know, you see a movie of that Type, which usually is a popcorn film, is sure. an action film, and just the attention to this is where this person is in this film, and yeah, yeah they're angry, violent, <laughs> you yes. know, willing, you know, willing to burn down the house <laughs> as Nebula is in the first Guardians. To then have her be at the beginning of Endgame that unlikely hero playing paper football with Tony, yes. and then. Really coming into her own and grappling with her past to where she gets in that endpoint where she's really a part of that guardian's family. Yeah, and and I just love how both of them kind of grow into that guardian's family. Gormora obviously does it much sooner in the original Guardians, but both of those are just beautiful, kind of.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Well, and I think it's interesting too that they something we don't often talk about with character arcs is like when we talk about change but it's almost like you have to kind of plant some seeds for the change early on and i think they do that really well with gamora and nebula is like you get this sense even in the first movie even when they're like totally at each other's throats and like going after each other there's still these like little moments where you get this sense that there's that there's more to it than that that they don't just hate each other and so there's that seed that then like you can grow and establish, um, as they develop. And so it's not just like a sudden light bulb switch or like a, well, they hated each other and now they care about each other or they were terrible and now they're good. Or, you know, like we have to see that progression and we have to see almost the start of it or like that it could be possible even earlier, which, I mean, in that first movie, maybe it's in the second movie there's one scene where they're like fighting, but there's like a break in the fighting and they start laughing, or they're kind of like there's something, you know, like there's these like little moments where you're like, okay, they don't totally hate each other. There's more feelings here than that. And I and I think giving your characters complex feelings towards other characters also gives you a lot of opportunity for them to then grow to heighten that anger or fear or distrust, or to heighten that care and love and you know, like friendship or whatever. Like when you have all of that kind of built in there at the beginning, or you kind of have all of these complex feelings initially, then you can tease out different ones at different times, which I think is interesting.
0: And I I think having, like you said, that have the things to dig into, have meat on that bone so that you have that. We know that Nebula is made of all of these fake parts. Why? It matters. Why? Mm -hmm. And why, when they grew up, why did... Gamora's survival what impact did that have on Nebula and I love that it's not simple it's not that one person was selfish and one person you know had to win it was that they're both trying to survive they're in an abusive familial relationship and they were just trying to get through and they hurt each other in the process of doing it especially Gamora hurting having that impact on Nebula
1: that's so true about the backstory yeah
0: I think the side of that is make choices, but then dig into those choices. Like yes. dig into what that would do to a human being, or mm. dig into if you want to come at it from the opposite way. If you want them to be a certain way, dig into why how. Like, that. yeah, what what ways did they get to be that person? And yeah. I think by looking at it through those lenses, shifting it on it. Well, well, why? And what would that do? And if this person was in that situation what would that feel like yeah i think the thing that james gunn who did the original guardians and established Mm. most of those relationships nebula Gamora, even peter quill Uh he and yonder rocket no one was in a vacuum like everyone Mm. had someone in their life there that they were connected to and in many ways i hadn't noticed that yeah they had those really complicated relationships, even yeah. the friendships. None of them are simple. Yes. Like even, even when you have groups and Rocket, <laughs> like they have their own. And I, I think then setting them into play, yeah, he he got a lot of interesting things out of his characters because they had those well-rounded, interesting, conflicting, not just one thing type of characters. Right. And even like with the parts of them that are just a little edge, you know, that have that flicker of, okay, we're not straight up heroes. <laughs> yeah. They then explore that in Guardians yeah. too. Like they explore, okay, if they're not straight up heroes, what's the cost? What are they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Yeah. And I appreciate that yeah. level yeah. of storytelling. That even dedication to whoever these people are, even the collector, we get a lot of crap about him and he's not in there very much. yeah um true. but I I think that not allowing anyone to be that cardboard character mm-hmm. that is one thing because when it is that way, I think we can tell even if it's not well, like overt, we can tell that uh, there's there's something that feels a little too stock that feels a little too something that they don't feel like they have edges and facets
1: mm-hmm.
0: um even if we know kind of their general who they yeah. are yeah and and I even think like the development of Peter Quill and Gamora's relationship it's yeah. interesting how that then ties back to his own relationship with his mom and like running from his feelings how mm-hmm. they even have that moment like, he can't even verbalize that she has passed away that she's died but there's that moment where it's like he almost can relive the moment of take my hand through Gamora, through that moment where he grabs her hand and they're able to kind of manage the Infinity Stone together. Yeah. And I think even that, like recognizing that there's a potential to show that someone can't really connect emotionally yes. and using their past to kind of link it to their future or their yeah. present. yeah
1: just put them in opportunities and situations that force them to kind of grapple with that past and then to have it affect them in ways that changes them yeah
0: yeah do you mind if we real quick talk about Black Widow because I think Natasha um, especially where her end point Mm -hmm. it's just such a beautiful arc of looking at Mm -hmm. where she began one (laughs) we have to acknowledge that she wasn't written very dynamically up front like Yes. In Iron Man 2, yes. she she wasn't as well-rounded and fleshed out as we get later on, and, yeah. and even in Avengers. I think that by Winter Soldier, we started to get a dedication to seeing who she actually is um, and really digging into that. But even so, we do get like the, the shape of who she is, the, you know, someone who has stolen from their family who was basically like had all agency stripped away, all of the ability to choose. So she's stripped from her family, her power, she's forced to kill. And Mm -hmm. I just think there's something beautiful about then allowing her to take all of that back. Take back the agency, take back. She can't recover her family, but she can find and build a new one. And Mm -hmm. she basically becomes the mom <laughs> infinity <community laughs> war yeah. moving into end game there's a stepping up into this position of leadership and care that I yeah. think's really present in her story arc mm-hmm. that kind of brings it to a beautiful kind of turn where she's able to use her life to bring the ones she loves and cares about back and for her to able to take that make that choice that empowered choice Mm. where she values this enough she values her family enough that she's willing to make that sacrifice
1: yeah well and that's such a good like counter to you know like she's Mm. taken so many lives and then now to have an opportunity to bring back so many lives like yeah i think it just it makes me think about like what things have you Put your character through that you can redeem or that you can like, yes. bring them opposite in the end.
0: And I I love a good mirror image that's yeah, that is the opposite of what's come before. That is kind of yeah. that subversion of what's come before. I, I think it feels powerful because yeah, you feel all the weight of what it cost yeah. um for them to get there, of even getting to the point where she could make that decision. Sure. Um I, I think there's something beautiful there. And, and even to be in that point of the screenwriters also talked about Vormir was kind of the scene that they they created a puzzle of their own making that they had to have two people who loved each other in that moment. Because sure. if it's not, there's then <laughs> it, it makes that scene completely yeah. different. You have to have yeah. them love each other and care about each other and willing to sacrifice Yeah for both of them, and I thought their solution, although gut-wrenching. And I think, you know, anyone sitting there could feel that it could have gone either way. Like, yes, it was one of those things you that- really didn't
1: know which of them was gonna
0: yes. fall. Yeah. A- absolutely. Well, mm-hmm. and you could even see it. Like, you could- yeah. I, I felt like I had, like, this moment of, like, you are already grieving for one of the characters, and then all of a sudden the other character. Yeah. Came through and stopped that one, and it was just such a great grappling back and forth of even just showing what Clint is willing to put on the line to get his family back. Yeah, um, which I think is also beautiful.
1: Well, and I hadn't really thought about this before, but he's also the one who saves her in the beginning, and yeah. so to have her save him at the end and and his family, it adds like this other dynamic to that too.
0: Um, yeah, I love that they established the movie with the loss of his family yeah because in Ultron the farm his wife Laura his kids they're kind of this place of refuge there's this place this moment that they can go to and really take a breath and it's almost like oh life is here (laughs) like yeah life exists this is what we're
1: fighting for essentially yeah
0: and to have that lost yeah it's so powerful to all of a sudden have that be the thing that's that we know it's happened because Laura's on the phone like he can see that it's her name that has come up on his phone and I just think the attention to that of really giving it that kind of gravity of loss they they did a great job with really making that hit home there and then have that kind of first
1: yeah.
0: acknowledging of oh it it worked the snap you know the whole snap worked and brought them back
1: yeah well and Clint's an interesting character arc even in himself like we ah. get this kind of almost negative character arc from him for a while <laughs> absolutely and it makes so much sense like as we know who he is and what he loses and losing his family like it makes sense that he would kind of lose it a little bit <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's like that negative spiral. I mean, they do it so quickly, but yes, I think they do it in such a way that you, you get it over time, like you don't see him for a little while. And you know that, um, you know, that war machine has, has said, you know, that he was tracking him down. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, Roadie. um, he says that I almost don't want to find him, yeah. um, because of what's happened, but you don't see it up first, you know? First. Yeah, you it's back. true.
1: It's very, it's subtle. It's not, doesn't yeah. take up a lot of screen time, but you still see that arc. And I think yeah. that that's, it's an interesting example of ways you can do that. Uh, you know, like even with a secondary character or a character that doesn't get as much screen time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I think showing characters, you know, they they shouldn't just be one thing and that's I think I think up to that point Barton had just been one thing yeah and I think a lot of Endgame is literally we are taking away like the most important thing to each of these characters like what is this thing that these characters cannot lose and they strip it away in Mm -hmm. Infinity War which Mm -hmm. Again, why Infinity War is such a gut punch. If we look, you know, we can bring right. up any character who lived through it. But even if they didn't, a lot of them lost. You yes. have you know, Wanda, Peter Quill, Luz, Luz Moore. You have so much loss. And then I, I think looking at that of what does that do to a person? And you
1: what know, will since... it do to different types yeah. of people? And how, Absolutely. yeah, those different characters will react to these different losses, for sure. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. This brings to Stephen Strange, I think, because um, loss yes. is basically how we open up his story. Like we see him at the height of his game, being an arrogant yeah. <laughs> kind of asshat, yeah. um, who who doesn't want to ruin his perfect re- record by taking on someone who is significantly injured and who yeah. might die on the table. And then we have the complete and total stripping away of everything yeah. out of his life. I think sometimes looking at that, what then will that bring out? What mm. will stripping away you know everything that this character values, cares about in life, what will it do to them? Yeah. and then allowing that arc to kind of basically start high Play out. yeah <laughs> stressed, like all the way down to the bottom. yes. And what does it do? Like yeah, how can they find their way to who they are? Again, or who they are
1: now. Yeah, Yeah, his is a really interesting character arc because we do get kind of like, you know, like he is another one that kind of spirals down to like his worst character traits coming out. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) um, But then we get to also see him kind of be built back into not what he was, but something that is different and new, Um, but still takes into account, I think, some of what he was. And yeah, it is a really good example
0: well and I think also it reminds me of framing how I care about him because I like Christine like Christine is awesome
1: and if you took her out of
0: the equation I don't know that I care about him
1: (laughs) that is such a great point though that like if especially if you're working with a character that starts out not very likable like giving them someone who cares about them in their life will then like the reader almost gets to kind of use that person as a surrogate almost to feel the feelings that that person feels instead of um, just disliking the character from the get-go.
0: Absolutely. Do you mind if we then talk introductions? Because I think that introduction of character, especially for T'Challa, Black Panther, in um, Civil War is something to I would highly recommend anyone who hasn't watched his introductory moment in Civil War to go back and watch it. It's literally he's introduced. We meet his dad, and then he's crying over his father, all in basically a five minute. Yeah, it's short, but
1: it packs a lot in there.
0: (laughs) Chadwick Boseman was such a great actor. Such a beautiful scene, but we get so much about it in because of how it's laid out, because of what we see. Yeah. But then he's been so serious in Civil War that we almost expect a certain type of person coming Mm -hmm. into Black Panther. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they expertly pivot into who, like another side of him from when we meet General Okoye and she says, you know, don't freeze. (laughs) There's this beautiful banter in that moment. Yes. That then we get to see the human side of. And we yeah. get to see Nakia, who he's in love with, and who you know his ex. And then, like, really within ten minutes, we get to meet his family, his mother, Shuri, his sister, and we get so many dynamics that are just yeah. set up with dialogue in those moments. Um, yeah. Highly recommend um, just sitting down and watching that. <laughs> as how do you introduce a character that you have to get people quickly to? be able to understand where he's coming from and then how do you kind of flesh out those other sides because he's not just serious he's not just king he has so many unique sides to him
1: well and that goes back to like starting your characters out with some complexity that you can pull on right like that you can then tease out or use as you develop their arc either negative or positive or however you take it when you start out with a character that has that complexity, that has all these different types of relationships and some sides to them, and you're able to show that really quickly, it gives you a lot more places you can go with it in the future. And also, then he's in between two things
0: yeah. between the past and the future, between his dad and tradition yeah. and the future, what everyone else sees as who we need to be. Right. And being able to explore that like, what does that do? Where will he end up landing between those things? And I, I think the villain in that, therefore, who's also more of an antagonist, um, yeah. Killmonger Eric, he represents the future, and he's not wrong. Like you can't yeah. look at him and be like, everything you say is wrong. No, because he's kind of right. <laughs> and I think it's beautiful that he has to be in this tug of war between the old and the new, and yes. the, and in the end, he gets to kind of figure out where his path is along those two things. Yes.
1: And that's another great way to create change, right? Or to create even um, tension and conflict. Like put your character in the middle of (laughs) two things, Um, or two opposing sides or two opposing thoughts or two opposing ideas, like whatever it is, and then let them kind of wrestle through that. And Mm -hmm. as this particular character, what would they, where would they land in the end or where would they start at the beginning and land at the end? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to cut us off there yes. because I know there's so many we could talk about. Um, I am, content. I am yeah. content. So thank you all for joining us um, just to dig into and talk about character arcs. Uh, we would love for you to hop over to Instagram and tell us about some of your favorite character arcs, even in Marvel or in other things. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or it was helpful for you, we would love it if you'd leave a review. And yeah, we hope you keep reading and keep absorbing story in lots of different forms and keep writing your own stories and putting them out into the world.